Hey there, friend. Listen, I want to invite you to join me for an upcoming presentation I'm offering called How to Shift from Willpower to Want Power. If you're tired of feeling like you have the best of intentions with food and weight, only to have it all fall by the wayside by the time your head hits the pillow at night, then this is for you. If you're interested in making permanent weight loss easier and less of a struggle, then this is for you. If you're curious what want power is, which you probably should be, and can't wait to learn how to incorporate it into your journey toward peace and freedom around food, then this is for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Wednesday, May 1st, 2024, at both noon and 7.30 p.m. Central Time Zone. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a really good time together. But if you can't make either of those days, I'm not going to make you get a replay emailed into your inbox only for it to get lost and never be watched no matter how deeply you want to make time to go through it. Because I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? (laughs) We've all done this, including me. No, instead, we are offering multiple watch parties for several days after the live presentation. So come watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will be worth your time for sure. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash want power. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash W-A-N-T-P-O-W-E-R. See you there. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubell, MD, episode number 68. Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight so you can feel better and have the life you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. What's up? What's up? How are you, my friend? Welcome back to the podcast. Super excited to record this one for you. This has made a serious, serious change in my life What I'm going to teach you today. And I can't wait for you to put it into your toolbox, so to speak. (laughs) Another thing that you can utilize when you're going through this human life that we're experiencing. So I am fantastic. I had a great weekend with my family. And I am back ready to go. I wanted to read you a quick iTunes review. We're getting closer and closer to my goal of 500 reviews. As you all know, this was such a great review. It's by Surf Peach. And the title is Insightful Advice for the Self-Critical High Achiever. I don't know anybody who's like that. Do you? (laughs) All right. She writes, I started listening to Dr. Ubel for weight loss advice, but consistently find myself applying her pearls of wisdom to other areas of my life. I had always considered myself an organized person, but had never considered that my brain and or thoughts were so full of chatter, confusion, and ultimately subversion of my goals. Trading my indulgence in confusion with an organized approach has helped so much. Thanks for the work that you do. You are so welcome, Surf Peach. So listen, if you could leave me a review, if you have not left me one, I would so appreciate it. It really, really helps the podcast. And in turn, it helps other people get the help that they need so that they can organize their thoughts and minds too. Okay, so I want to talk to you today about a tool that I came up with 
a few weeks ago when I was struggling with something and doing my own self-coaching. As you guys know, when I come up with something (laughs) that really helps me, then I share it with you as well. And this tool has really made such a huge difference for me in my life. I can't wait to share it with you. So when you think about times when you feel at odds with someone, right? That's basically what all of our relationship problems are, right? We have some sort of relationship with somebody and somehow we're not agreeing on something. Something isn't working right. Something feels a little bit stuck. It's just not flowing as smoothly as we would like. Maybe it's much more in depth than that. Maybe it involves being really upset with somebody, really frustrated with somebody, really offended, something like that. And this really can be with anybody, right? It can be your spouse or your partner, your child, your boss, your employee, your coworker. And, you know, so many physicians now, since we are employed, many of us, and then our office staff are employed by a separate entity, they're not employed by us, they really are our coworkers. So that could be like your medical assistant or your nurse or your receptionist. This could be your mom, your mother-in-law, your sister, your brother, your dad. I mean, really anyone, like think of anyone (laughs) you are at odds with and this can be helpful. So the important thing to remember with relationship problems and really any problem is that the problem is all in our thinking, right? What they say, what they do, what they think, how they act, all of that is neutral until we assign meaning to it with our thoughts. We think that they should be different, meaning the person, not our thoughts. We think our thoughts are correct. We think that the other person should be different, but they aren't. And so we struggle with that, right? We try to convince them, or we just chew them out in our heads or to somebody else, right? Have the full debriefing. I've definitely done that before. (laughs) Otherwise known as gossip, somewhat, right? (laughs) Gossip slash venting. And so when we think they should be different, we put up this barrier, right? We create a separation between us and them. It's like drawing that line in the sand. We're over here, they're over there, and we are at odds. And when this is happening, there are many, many emotions that we can be feeling. Just a few might be, we might feel defensive. We might feel really attacked. We might feel rejected. We might feel offended, annoyed. We might feel righteously indignant. (laughs) We might feel beat down. We might feel disappointed. I mean, the list goes on and on, right? So our thinking is about how we differ, right? We think that we're right and they're wrong. And we have a whole long list as to why we're right and why they're wrong. And it's possible, depending on the situation, that maybe we can see some sort of fault in what we did. If you remember when I taught you about taking feedback and criticism, the first thing that we do is we look for the truth in what's being said, right? So it's possible that you might be able to see some truth, but we still think that they're wrong. (laughs) And emotional adulthood is where you take full responsibility for your thoughts and feelings and you recognize and acknowledge what part of the problem is ours, 
right? Which part of the problem is yours? Which part are you creating? And P.S. the answer is all of it because the problem is always created by your thoughts. So when you're in emotional adulthood and you're taking full responsibility for everything, that means you're not blaming anybody else right? Nobody else is at fault. You're taking full responsibility. So this can be fine. And I had something come up that isn't something that I can really share on the podcast to give you all the specific details, but there's something that came up and I was doing a lot of self-coaching on it. I felt really very comfortable with how I had showed up in the whole situation And I didn't think that I had done anything wrong. I would, in fact, have done it all exactly the same. But somebody else disagreed. So how do I assimilate that, right? Because I feel totally confident in what I did and their opinion's different, right? So I don't think there's a problem, but they do. And the reason they have a problem is because of their thinking about me and what I did. And so I was working through it and I could see that my thoughts were creating the problem, that they should agree with me, blah, blah, blah. I got through all of that, yet I still just couldn't get past feeling rejected, feeling disappointed, feeling confused. All of those emotions were just not really changing when I changed my thoughts. And I knew there was something deeper there. And what I ended up coming up with is what I am now calling a just like them statement. So it can be just like her, just like him. So just like them statement. So I'm going to give you a number of examples for you to see how this plays out. And then I'll explain what it is that you're really doing. So say one of your kids doesn't want to go to school. You have a toddler who's just, I don't want to go to school today. The way you would use a just like them statement is you would start identifying with the parts of how he was responding that you do as well. So you could say or think, just like him, I don't always want to do what I have to do either. I mean, that's true, right? I mean, he still has to go to school, but you can see, right? Just like him, like, I don't always want to do what I have to do. I get it. You know, you don't want to go to school and you have to. Yeah, I get it. That sucks. Your husband forgets to do something that you clearly asked him to do. (laughs) Just like him, I sometimes forget things, even important things right? I bet there's a time you can come up with that you can remember where you forgot something important, right? So you see how you're identifying with the way the other person showed up. Here's another example. Your mother criticizes you because you need to lose weight, right? So she's making comments. Just like her, I want what I think is best for my children too. And sometimes I also don't know the best way to convey that right? We often make something like that mean that our mother only loves us if we're thin or that we're totally rejected because we're overweight. But usually, especially with moms, it's coming from the opposite where she has such immense, intense love for us that she wants what she thinks is best and what she thinks will make us happy. Because if we're happy, then she can be happy. And she just doesn't know the appropriate way of letting us know that. Maybe she thinks that beating herself up is the best way to get, make herself change. So she thinks that beating you up might work too. Emotionally, of course, not physically, right? But that's kind of this emotional beat up, this emotional abuse, so to speak, 
right? Maybe she's thinking, maybe if I really get her to understand, then she'll lose weight and then she can be happy and then I can be happy, right? Because remember, the only reason we ever want anything is because of how we think it'll make us feel. So why does she want you to get thinner? So she can feel better. And the only reason she'll feel better is because of her thinking about you. So this does not mean you have to agree with her. I want to make sure you really understand this, okay? It doesn't mean that you're like, yeah, I'm totally fine that my husband forgets to do all of these things all the time. I'm totally fine that my child has this tantrum every day going to school. It doesn't mean that at all. It means that you're identifying with the parts of their response that you do as well or that you have in common with them right? You might never criticize your child the way your mother does about your weight, but you might criticize your kids about some other things, or you might criticize other people sometimes, right? So you can see how it's easy to think that you know what's best for somebody else and not be that kind in expressing it. Sometimes that happens. Say your medical assistant makes a bunch of mistakes. I hear this oftentimes from my clients that they're upset that there's just chronic spelling errors, or just omissions of things that are important, or just lack of attention to detail, things like that. A thought you could have is just like her, I sometimes screw things up too. In fact, I often screw things up. I don't know about you, but I do all the time. But also just like her, I prefer it when people help me to get better and do better and improve instead of just treating me with passive aggression and annoyance and eye rolling. Because I know that I actually do better when people approach me with love and encouragement instead of ignoring me and wishing I was different, right? You can see, right? You start to identify, yeah, I wouldn't be making those mistakes. I know how to spell these things, but I get it. When you're trying to do something and you're doing it wrong and no one's telling you, or you think you're doing it right, but it's wrong and no one's telling you, and then they're being all passive aggressive and not being very friendly, what kind of work environment is that to work in? And you start realizing, oh, maybe I really could show up in a different way as well. Maybe she'll continue to make a bunch of mistakes. I don't have to be okay with that, but I can see that mistakes happen and maybe I haven't been approaching her in the right way. Because I know that if I were her, I would like to be approached in a different way. Here's another example. Your teenager gets really mad when you say that she can't go somewhere with her friends. I'm sure those of you teens have had this experience. So just like her, when I really want to do something and someone tells me I can't, I have a bit of a tantrum about it. It sometimes happens. I have many clients who are told by their hospital administration that they have to do something and they don't want to do it that way. They get really mad too. Or sometimes they really want to do something a certain way and the administration says no. And they kind of have a tantrum about it in their heads, right? We think that our teenagers are so ridiculous and so immature. Yeah, P.S. We still act like that a lot of the time. Many of us, maybe not outwardly, Maybe we're not stomping around and like screaming, I hate you at everybody. (laughs) Or maybe we are, who knows? (laughs) But inside our heads, sometimes that's what's going on, right? So you can see, of course, she's upset. She really wants to do that. This is extremely important to her. And she's not being allowed to do that. I get it. That makes me feel that way too. 
Here's another good one. Your patient leaves a not only negative review, but an also overtly mean review. Okay, right? They make some mean snide comments, something that you know is just in there to kind of needle you a little bit, to try to get back at you. And these are some of the hardest reviews to work through. Just like her, when I pay $50 copay, I like to leave feeling like I got my money's worth. Just like her, when I'm dissatisfied with something, sometimes I've left a slightly mean anonymous review to give me a little dopamine hit and make me feel better. Like I've somehow retaliated in some way, right? Think of all the people who leave these kind of mean or obnoxious comments on Facebook, right? I mean, their name's even there. But when you've got that bit of anonymity, the filter goes away, right? You're just like, I'm just going to just let that person have it. I'm just going to let them know exactly what I think. And, you know, when I was putting this together, I was thinking, yeah, I can think of one time where I kind of did that, not to a doctor, but to somebody else. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't like scathing or anything. But what I will say is that my comment was 100% reflective of where I was in my life and what my thinking was and had nothing to do with the person I was leaving the comment about right? Have you ever done that? Think back. There's probably some time you've done that. And when you leave that review, it gives you that little bit of lightness, a little bit of relief. It's like eating a little bit of of chocolate or candy when you're really stressed out at work. Just gives you that little bit of a dopamine hit. So not to say that you agree with the patient's review or that you think that their thinking is on track. You might be like, this person's nuts, right? It has nothing to do with it, but you can see what might drive somebody to do that. Okay. Your boss calls you in to talk about some negative resident feedback that you got. And you've spent some time finding the truth in it. You're doing all that, but you're still struggling to find a new thought that feels true and believable to you. You're still feeling hurt. You're still feeling offended. You're still feeling unappreciated. Now what? So just like them, just like the residents, When I think I'm working really hard and I'm not getting the guidance that I think I need or want, I like to make my opinion known, right? I mean, it's really very neutral. Sometimes we do that too, right? You don't have to agree at all with them. You might be like, I'm like the biggest badass that they've ever experienced. They just are confused and can't recognize it. That may also be true. In fact, it probably is true to be honest, right? But they are thinking that they should be getting something different than they're getting. And especially in an anonymous kind of a setting, they're able to very bluntly make that opinion known. And right, what's the whole point of having feedback is to be able to collect all that information. So, so something to really think about is what is going on with them that's just like how you respond. Say your dad drinks so much that he gets drunk every night and then he sometimes says some really mean and hurtful things when he's drunk. Just like him, I use things or eat things or do things to make myself feel better that end up having a really negative net effect that I'm not happy about or proud of, right? If you're still overeating, it's the exact same thing right? You eat all these things, just like he gets drunk every night. And sometimes he says some really hurtful things. And sometimes you say some really hurtful things to yourself about the fact that you overate. 
right? You get it. You're just like him. It's a little bit different. You're not agreeing with him getting drunk every night. You're not saying it's okay. You're not condoning his behavior, but you're getting it. You're understanding. You're recognizing how someone could do that. Your mother-in-law never seemed to like you and now doesn't even try to pretend that she does. (laughs) Just like her, I want my children to be happy. Just like her, sometimes I don't get my way and I don't really know an appropriate way to act, so I just react. Just like her, sometimes the filter falls out of my brain and something totally inappropriate falls out of my mouth. Just like her, I have struggled to accept reality and I have judged other people harshly, right? I mean, I think that's pretty much every single one of us, right? That we've struggled to accept reality and judged other people harshly. It's the exact same thing she's doing. Your sister is jealous of your financial success. You have the nice big house now. You have a quality car. You're not driving a beat up junker anymore. You're able to take nice vacations now. And sometimes she makes comments about how it must be nice and things like that. Just like her, when I don't think something's fair, it sometimes upsets me. Just like her, when I don't think something's right, I sometimes say something about it. Just like her, when I feel sorry for myself, I sometimes try to turn things around or make up a story for why my life is better than theirs. So what you can see in all of these examples is how this just like them statement helps you to cross that line, that division that you've created between the two of you. It helps you pretty much step inside their shoes, right? You take a moment to go, okay, what do we have in common here? Maybe not with that specific thing. Maybe that's not how you would show up or what you would do, but I guarantee you there's some sort of commonality there. And once you can see it, at least in my experience, it immediately starts to diffuse things, right? You start having some compassion for that person, just some understanding of where they're coming from. Because so often we're so confused, like clearly I'm right. How can you not see it? (laughs) Right? This helps you to get like, I get why they're showing up in that way. I understand how that might be, how they're interpreting this. Again, does not mean that you agree or condone it. You just can see their point of view. And this starts to really change everything, starts to soften things enough that you're much more likely to be able to find some new thoughts, to become more abundant in your thinking, not be so set in scarcity, to do whatever you feel is the next right step, but to do it with love in your heart, right? To do it from a place of compassion and love for that person instead of feeling defensive or annoyed or feeling like you need to get back at them in some way, or that you just even need to convince them of your point of view. Because as we know, in many of these situations, you're not going to be able to convince them, right? You cannot control what they think. And they probably really want to keep their way of thinking just like you want to keep yours. We don't have to convince them. All we have to do is choose a line of thinking for ourselves on the situation that makes us feel the way we want to feel. So I want you to give this a try. Try it just like them statement. It has made a world of difference for me. I use it all the time now, and I can't wait to hear what you think about it. 
All right. If you could leave me a review on iTunes, I certainly would appreciate it. Remember, once I get to 500, I'm going to stop talking about these. <laughs> At least for a while, a very good long while until I get another wild hair and decide we need a thousand. <laughs> but in any case, if you could please leave me that review, I sure would appreciate it. Have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Did you know that you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to katrinaubellmd.com and click on free resources.